What's up, Lassercast fans? Danny here, Dr. Zayas G-O-D, and we're here with Pete, Anchor Pete, and we're going to be talking to you tonight about Get Out, one of the greatest modern horror films ever made from 2017 from, of all people, comedy writer Jordan Peele. Did you see Get Out in the theater? I did. I did. I I had such a funny experience watching this movie in the theater because I got the last ticket in like, you know, like in the theater, there's that front five rows that nobody ever wants to sit in. I do. I, I got the last seat, an aisle seat from uh, before that section. Uh, and I was sitting next to an interracial couple. It was a, a African-American man and a white, uh, his white girlfriend movie starts and I'm sitting next to him and he's got his arm around his girlfriend. Everything's great. Lovey dovey. By the end of this movie, he was closer to me than yeah. he was to his own girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I kind of like gave him a look and he kind of gave me a look and it was just kind of like this unspoken, like, I got to watch out for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually watched this the other night with Charlotte, who is my 10 year old daughter. Yeah. And she, you know, I think she got most of what the movie was trying to talk about. Like we paused it and like, we kind of talked a little bit about what was going on in this movie. It was the kind of movie where you felt kind of uncomfortable in the theater, you know, and yeah. it didn't matter who was sitting there. And, and uh, I saw it with my wife, we saw it on a uh, spring break and it was just like one of our favorite movies that we saw that year, you know, um, just watching it last night, I could, you know, I was like, oh, it is better than I remembered it. I actually wasn't that much of a fan of Us, but I want to go watch Us again after watching this again. I really liked Us, but Get Out is just, it's a masterpiece. The first time you experience the sunken place is one of those, like, to me, great modern horror moments, like, all time. Daniel Kaluuya, this was the movie that broke him out, like, yes. big time. He went yeah. from this to Black Panther uh queen and slim and i just saw him in anla keith stanfield in judas and the black messiah which i mean he should probably get an oscar nomination for that uh for playing fred hampton yeah He's fucking amazing in that movie like you don't really know where this movie's going at the beginning uh yeah. and, and there's you know and and for most of the movie, like you think that Allison Williams, I mean, I guess we're talking spoilers because this is Yeah, everyone's seen this movie this This point. is a this is a four-year-old movie that that won Jordan Peele and Oscar for best screenplay. So uh spoilers for it. Uh go watch it though. Uh, <laughs> I you know, you think Allison Williams is in a, is with him. Like legitimately, and oh, yeah. and I'll never forget the moment where, like, when she's digging it, where are the keys, where are the keys, where are the keys, and you know something's up at that point because he's found all those pictures, but you're still like, where are the keys, where are the keys? And when she just shows him the keys, there was like, from the minute he started seeing the pictures in that like room upstairs until the minute she like flashed him the keys, there was like this like slow rumbling in the theater I was in where it was like, oh fuck. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and then it was like, oh, oh, and you know, we're talking spoilers. My favorite part of this movie is that Jordan Peele, as a first time horror director, takes one of the oldest tropes, and this is something that 
um, they talked about in, you know, horror noir, the documentary where they go through all of the tropes that like African-Americans have dealt with in the horror genre, all those, you're like, Oh, we are the comedy sidekick where the, well, there is a comedy sidekick in this character in in there is a comedy sidekick in this movie, but he is completely 100% right. The entire film. Yeah. And he ends up being the hero at the end, which is like, completely subverting so many of the tropes uh that have existed for for hundreds of years uh who's it will will rev howry who plays yes. rod will rev howry yeah and he's so funny in this movie i love uh, he, yeah. he steals the movie i think even watching the trailers you you obviously know that there's something wrong with this family and they're going to try to do Chris in, right? But you don't know exactly to what extent. The, the main tell in the story are the two people that work for the family, right? And so you've already mentioned them before. You got Georgina, who's played by Betty uh, Gabrielle, and then you have uh, Walter, who's played by Marcus Henderson, right? And they are just like fantastic because yeah, um, Chris goes to talk to both of them and their little interactions are the creepiest thing in the whole movie and and that that adds so much of the tension because it's yes. like you, you know and again here we are two white guys talking about you know black horror but like the, we've all been in that situation where you feel like you're the only person like you you've been dragged to a party you know yeah. we're, we're both married so we've both gone through the meeting of the the in-laws the, the families yep. and there's always that weird feeling of like i'm the only person i know here like yeah. aside from my you know wife like i don't know anybody else at this party so like i'm gonna cling to my wife or my girlfriend as hard as i can yeah and then and then the second i know like i i remember when my wife took me to meet her family for the first time. Like the first time I heard anybody talk about the Jets, I was just like, oh, okay, I can talk to you guys because I like the Jets too. And and it was just like, you look for, you like reach out for any com- camaraderie that yes. there is. And for Chris, it's seeing these other African-American people there. And it's like, oh, I can talk to somebody. Yes. You know, and Bradley Whitford has like, you know, the, the funny, again, like that quirky scene where he's like, I know what you're thinking. We're a rich white family and we have black servants. I yeah. mean, how cliche are we? We're, he's, he, and then, you know, he says the, the, I would vote for Obama a third time if I can. And like you said, those interactions that he has with Georgina and Walter are so creepy. Yes. And it's at, it's at that point where you realize something's really going on and also the movie opens you know it's it's a scene that sometimes i even forget is part of the movie the movie opens with lakeith stanfield yeah um he's out he's on the street in a suburban neighborhood he's on the phone he's gone i don't know where where to go like i'm looking around i think i'm lost car pulls up near him he's like i don't know i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah And, and then a guy just jumps him from behind smothers him with like chloroform throws him in the trunk and then the next time you see him he's this well-dressed like socialite type you know there's that hilarious but like creepy as hell scene where chris goes to give him a pound and he like puts his hand on top because he doesn't even (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Like those, those are the scenes where like, I, I wish you could see like Charlotte's face as she was watching it. Like she's 10. So she doesn't yeah. really get all the racial aspects of this movie. Yeah. She's watching it just from a straight horror movie perspective. Right. And she was just like, like yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up that horror perspective, right? Because I think that our, our first reaction is to talk about race right away, and just to go into that discussion. But it is very clear that like Jordan Peele has a deep appreciation of horror, a deep understanding of horror. I mean, I just realized this last night because I've been kind of more on a, a Lovecraft, like Cthulhu kind of kick recently. And their last name is Armitage, right? And the main guy that works in Miskatonic University, the librarian, that's uh, Henry Armitage, right? And that's in uh, the Dunwich Horror story, right? Okay. And, and so, you know, that name is connected with Lovecraft. So I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's an intentional thing. With, with, the, with his understanding of horror, like, he's able to build this tension. And it, to me, I was thinking, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers when I first saw the movie. Well, right? I mean, or at the end, that's really what it ends up – it, it does have a very big – body snatchers feel i mean it's somebody else is inhabiting your body yeah literally yeah um and you're stuck in the sunken place uh and i love what they said in the documentary uh the, I, we keep bringing it up because that's you know Our theme. they're like connected the, that this movie and that documentary are so intrinsically connected yeah but and, and it's one of those things that i only noticed the second time because of that documentary but the way that when Chris sinks back, the screen it looks like he's watching a movie. Yep. And yep. he's watching his own life pass him by. Yeah. And I remember Jordan Peele saying that, you know, for so many African Americans in history, that's what it was like, you know, from slavery to Jim Crow and all these other things. So it this this is one of those movies where, yeah, this is 100 percent a horror movie. It just happens to also be a pitch perfect analysis of like race and racial tension and, and the issues regarding, you know, race in America, which is ironic because I love the fact that um, the guy that bids for Chris's body yes. is Stephen Root, um, the actor Stephen Root, who's blind. And he even tells Chris, I don't give a shit about race. It's not about that. He right. Chris Chris in the movie is a photographer. And this guy is a blind art gallery owner. And he wants Chris's body for his eyes. He's yes. like, I've heard great things about your pictures. I've heard you're a great photographer. I don't give two shits, whatever, that you happen to be black. I just want a great set of eyes to look through. So yes. To me, I, I always thought that was such a nice touch with or yeah. like, all this movie is about race. And then at the end, the guy who wants Chris's body doesn't oh, give a, yeah, he just yeah. wants uh, yeah. his his talent for photography, really. Their parents, right? The, the uh father's parents are in the bodies of their two servants, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I was wondering, like, how do you think they were told to act that out? Like, like that. Like how the, the two actors would do a phenomenal job. Like, are they basically trying to play as if they're aware of everything and they're just sort of like messing with him? You can tell that there's that the, whatever the coagula process is not a hundred percent because there's always like Georgina, especially you could tell she's like 
really struggling to keep like she she overflows the pitcher and and like gets yelled at uh she you know she has those moments where she's like looking at herself in the mirror and then like pauses and twitches and she's tearing and it's like just i don't know how you even play that like i need you to play like there's somebody inside of you trying to get out and yes. and you and at the same time you're trying to hold them back from coming out and acting naturally for everyone around you like yeah. that's got to be it and and those aren't really big parts but they're so important to the movie and yes. they're so well played that you know like and, and then you know like you find out that uh the dad or the, I'm sorry the grandpa Walter um you hear the story from Bradley Whitford about how he he trained to be an Olympic runner and he got beaten out by Jesse Owens. Right. And, and at first you're like, Oh, that's a really interesting story to tell Chris. And you know, it like, but, then, but then it's like, that explains why he's running and in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. That scene where, uh, you know, Georgina confronts Chris, that that's the scene that I think everyone remembers besides, you know, him falling, you know, and, and yeah. being hypnotized. But um, it's just that the tear running down her face as she has this big, wide smile on her face. And I, I just, I was like, how do you, how are you even able to act that? You know? I'll, I'll tell you another, you know, I, I don't think she gets enough credit. You know, Catherine Keener is fantastic. But Allison Williams. Oh, yes. At, there's a scene at the end of, I think the, the absolute creepiest part of this movie is when she calls when Rod calls and she picks up Chris's cell phone. Yes. And you see she's just sitting perfectly still. Yeah. With like the headset on and she's barely moving and and at, she's barely moving but she's also act like she the way her voice is she's like acting fran like oh he he left the other day. And he got into a cab. He's yep. not back yet, but she's just so stoic. Yeah. And, Real disturbing. Oh God. Yeah. It's so creepy. Yeah. And then it, and then the camera pans and, and her parents are just sitting off to the side, like, good job. Like right. oh. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. You think, and you think about how many times that they've done this already. Like the end of this movie is so satisfying and I, I i just remembered how great it was because when when he breaks out of the chair i mean first of all he doesn't break out of the chair he's let out by jeremy and then he sneaks up behind jeremy smashes his head with a croquet ball or like a bocce ball or something right yeah. and um I, I said i was like well wait how come he wasn't knocked out and then he takes the cotton out of his ears and i was like oh my god that's so clever i love that and you know, he just goes through and just essentially just dispatches everyone in the family. And, and you're worried for him. You think that maybe it'll have this tragic ending, but he's able to take them all out. It, it's uh, it's very satisfying. Well, we we talked about this because I think Chris picked Get Out when we did our, our horror noir review and we each picked the movie to talk about. I've never heard tension so perfectly, like, vocalized as the movie theater when you see the the, the police lights yep. at the end of this movie because yeah. you know and, and again we're we're not making political commentary on police 
and and race relations in the United States. But Chris said it uh, when we did our Har Noir review. Yep. Black, white, or whatever, not a single person watching that movie for the first time saw those police lights and went, oh, thank God the police are here. Every yep. single person in the movie theater went, oh, fuck. Yep, yep. And then... And and you you're like ready to explode, and then when Rod steps out of that car, it's it's just like like people in my movie theater scream like like screams of legit joy and happiness. Yep. I can hear Chris's voice, like you know our Chris's voice, talking yeah. about that scene when I was watching it again recently. You know because he's so right. Just the flashing, the red and blue flashing. You're like, I know where this is gonna go, and and he said it so succinctly when he was giving his point. You know, and, and and it could have gone a different way. And according to Chris, our Chris, it, it originally was intended for the main character to get killed by the yeah, cops. Yeah, Jordan, I, I don't know if he, I think Jordan Peele wanted him to get arrested at the end. Okay. And then, and then, and then it was a combination of like him rethinking it, listening to test screenings. And I think Jason Blum had a talk with him and they, they, they agreed that I, there needed to be some catharsis at the end of this movie. Yeah, and, and I got a bit like if he would have gotten arrested and like if Allison Williams would have survived and like they would have done some kind of like, you know, credits scene where he's like put on trial and get maybe given the death penalty or something. I feel like it would be an ending up there with like the mist of like just mm. the most gut punching endings ever. But at the same time, because of the ending the movie does have, I think it has that almost anti-mist feeling where it's like, right. this is one of the great endings of a horror movie for an actually good reason. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like, I think Jordan Peele has the last line in uh, Horror Noir as well, where he says something along the lines of, you know, that people have always thought that you couldn't make this type of movie and that like white people would want to go see it, right? But he's like, white people will want to go see this movie. And it's the kind of movie that has this optimistic ending where, you know, it's not just like, oh, here's our horrible system. And, and of course he's getting destroyed by it. It's like, no, you know, this guy is going to survive because he's a good person and he deserves to live. And I just, I, I just like how positive it is at the very end. I, I, I do think there is something to the idea that this was a, black horror movie that did connect with mass audience appeal you know like there's been um plenty of you know black horror that was made for black audiences that was seen by black audiences and that didn't really have the mass appeal that movies like this did and and, and i think that's why it's such a uh, a generational film you know, yeah. and, and what's his name? Jordan Peele said that he like a Night of the Living Dead, of course, uh, wearing my Romero shirt, like the ending of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. What, you talk about the original gut punch ending. Yeah. Where Dwayne Jones survives the whole movie and then he gets shot by some hillbilly who thinks, yeah. you know, doesn't even bother calling out, you know, and uh you know, he he said that Night of the Living Dead. I I know that uh, People Under the Stairs was actually a big influence in in that also. Right. So, I mean, 
he had good inspirations and he made an amazing film. We're almost at the end of February. You only got about a week left. We're going to finish off our horror noir. And then next month, we're actually going to take a stab at uh, some of the works inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. So that's going to be our theme for March. I'm looking forward to that, too. All right. Well, Danny, thanks so much. And we will see yeah. you guys real soon.